ahoy. Ahoy. How are you? Ahoy. I'm great. You know, it's the Canada Athletic Training Podcast. I'm Kevin. This is Chad. Yes, yes. Episode... What? 214. A million? Yeah. So thanks thanks for tuning in. We have a a fun show for you. It's officially April. It's Wednesday night. I hope you had a great National Athletic Training Month. Yeah. A month. You know, uh, at work uh, a couple weeks ago, they're like, you get a whole month? Like most like other professions get a day or a week. We get a month. And I was like, I don't know. You guys can change it. Change it yourself, you know? Like do whatever you need to do. We deserve yeah. a month, goddammit. Oh, we're crazy sick. Yeah, we get a month. <laughs> we work hard. Well, other people do. Yeah. Um, heck yeah, we get a month. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it was funny when they're like, man, I can't believe you guys take a whole month to celebrate yourself. I'm like, why not, you know? Well, you should ask the next person that says that, how many days have you sacrificed so that you can't celebrate other things? Yeah. How many games have you had to cover because what well, during your, you know, I don't know, wife's birthday? Or something. Yeah, you get a, you get a day a week probably. That add that up, we're getting to you know fifty two days. That's more than a month. In a month, jerks. <laughs> anyway, we all we love y'all. Yeah, Canada Athletic Training Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Uh, we're being candid. Yeah, so you know what we've got a we're gonna start the show with our feature topic, but let's um, let's thank Please. our sponsors here. So obviously the official sponsor of the Candidate Athletic Training Podcast is Healthy Roster. Uh, check them out at www.healthyroster.com. Uh, I believe that Dan wants to come on here coming up shortly, um, so we'll have him on just to, to hang out, and maybe he will um, enlighten us on maybe what Healthy Roster has going on, maybe some new stuff. Uh, but they are the best in terms of an EMR and a communication platform, so <clears throat> make sure to check them out at healthyroster.com, and thanks to them for Letting us do what we do here. Uh, also, Smart Tools next week. I think we're going to have uh, oh my God, a, continuing, week. a continuing education course uh, on the blood flow restriction training. Uh, if you are a member of the Canada FA Training Podcast, which you should be, you can get a membership for as low as $25 right now, and then um, you're going to get all sorts of exclusive discounts, deals, and a CEU course with, with Ed and the Smart Tools. Also, if uh, you're listening to this, just for listening to the show, 10% off anything at Smart Tools using the code CANDID10. Uh, Human Kinetics, I think we have one more to give away. Uh, we're so. going to give away six CEUs to one more person. Uh, right now, you can do 20% off anything at Human Kinetics using the code CANDIDCEU. Uh, Athletic Trainer Insurance Plus, thank you to them. Uh, if you are looking for professional liability insurance with general liability insurance, we have an exclusive no deal with Athletic Training Insurance Plus. If you are spending, if you are full time employed, and you are spending more than two hundred and four dollars on your professional liability insurance, you should make the switch. Become a member of our show for twenty five dollars, and then you can get professional liability insurance for I believe it was one seventy nine, which is a total of two hundred and four. So if you're spending more than two hundred and four. Make the switch. Come so, over to us. Save yourself some money. You're so good at math. Well, we've said it before, so now it's just memorization. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, we have uh, our newest sponsor, the R Bar Energy Bar. Arr. In fact, Kevin and I are going to draw a name tonight. If you're a member oh. of our show, we're going to give away oh, free food. Do you want to do that right oh. now? Oh, he's going to grab a bar. He's going to grab a bar. Uh, five flavors. Uh, you can check them out. Our bar, um, I have been snacking on them almost daily now. Uh, we have, they have given us the uh, chocolate peanut butter and the peanut butter and jelly. And here, I'll bring the camera back up so you can see. There's the R bars. But what we're going to do tonight is we're going to draw one of our members' names. Uh, and we're going to give them bars. We're going to give them free food. We're going to have them shipped directly to you. Uh, and we'll do that once a month. Thirty? I think I think you're getting three boxes, or like thirty bars. I don't want to promise anything, but I promise you, you're getting more than one. Yeah, I'm gonna probably snack on one here. Uh, so thanks to all the sponsors. Um, Love it. Yeah, you got anything else you want to <sighs> to hit up before we maybe uh, bring a special guest on? No, bring him on. Okay, let's do. You gotta hit yours. We're gonna do the feature topic this week. Ready? Wait, wait, ready? Go for it. Yeah. 
feature topic of the week. We're gonna we're gonna hit this. We've hit it so many times, but it's still probably, in my opinion, the number one thing in the profession right now. We're we're gonna talk about the traditional setting, um, the turnover, the burnout, uh, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and we're gonna bring on my former boss and my friend Aaron. And he's the director of sports medicine at the school that I worked with at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. Let's um, let's bring him on here, Aaron. Can you hear us? I can. Thanks for having me. Oh, Aaron. We're gonna do this. We're gonna. I gotta figure out how to do Ooh, this. We're looking switch good. it. We oh, gotta. No. I can't no. switch it. What switch am I it. doing? It. Yep. Oh my gosh. I never what know what doing? he's doing. Oh, Aaron on the big screen. Oh yeah. no, we're on the right. Okay. No, and then we do this, and that's oh, what hey, I wanted to do. Technology hey, people. Yeah, here we are. Well, thanks for joining us, Aaron. How are you, and what's going on in your world? Uh, things are going good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, we're just rolling through spring sports, so it's just kind of that crossover time when spring sports are going, the fall sports are in their spring season, winter sports are finished up, so it's just kind of – Rolling like it always is, you know. When one thing ends, another thing begins. But so, overall, so bad. why don't why don't you just explain where you're at, what the school is like, kind of where they're at, like compared to maybe other people who are listening, so they have a reference. Like, obviously, um, well, you're at the college setting, so go ahead. Why don't yep. you explain what UWM is? Yeah, so uh, you know we're a Division One institution, so what I would probably label us as a mid major. You know, sort of kind of right in that middle ground of we don't have all the money in the world. You know, like the like the Power Five schools do. Um, we're um, obviously in Milwaukee, and we have sixteen sports or fifteen sports overall. So I think you know we're kind of one of those mid-tier schools that we don't have the 25, 30 sports. Um, we athletic training-wise, right now we're sitting with uh, six athletic trainers. So are those uh, six full-time athletic trainers or? Right now we're five full-time, one part-time, and then obviously moving into next year, we'll be transitioning to six full-time. So that's great. In the past, we've been, you know, five full-time, two part-time back when you were with us, Chad. So it's kind of that. Well, I'm a no time. I was a no yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. That was just a bad hey, break for you. Know, you. You filled the mornings well for us. You know, so <laughs> it worked out well. <laughs> Probably uh, wish I was a halftime. Kind of a unique situation where it's, you know, I think we kind of those mid-major schools really kind of, you know, bear the brunt of a little bit of what we're kind of seeing in the profession right now with some of that burnout, some of the, the hiring struggles, things like that, because we obviously can't sit here and, and offer maybe what we deserve, you know, so we're kind of in that struggle of, how do we kind of dance along that line to uh, make sure we're providing the care for our athletes and also take care of us as athletes as well. Aaron, how long have you been certified now? Ooh, since 2006. So I'd be 17 years. Okay. Yeah. And you started out 17 in the collegiate setting too. You said all, all of them in the collegiate setting. Yep. So from when you started in 2000, you said 2006. Yep. To now. Uh, what changes, what are the biggest changes you've seen in, in, in the traditional setting? You know, I think it's just how the athletic training profession has grown. You know, I look back to when I was an athletic trainer back in 2006 and sometimes you feel bad because I don't think I was a very good athletic trainer back then, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. what, of how things have changed. I think back then we were very modality based and kind of just, you know, how do we put a bandaid on an injury to make them feel good enough to get back on the field to, now we've progressed so much in the injury prevention side of things. How do we not only fix the injury, but how do we keep it from coming back? So how are we going to identify the little deficiencies in their movement or their strength? Um, I think that takes a lot more time. So, you know, I think back when I started, there was, you're just seeing the normal pre-practice flow of people who are actually injured. So the people who are sitting out of practice or missing games, those are the people you're seeing. Um, where now, you know, I think, you know, I, I primarily work with men's soccer, you know, and I probably see 60 to 70% of my guys before every practice, but that's not that they're all injured. It's that they're just coming in and doing some self-care or doing some, you know, whether it's a feel good treatment or working on a modality program with or, uh, a mobility program, sorry, with some people, 
And I think the athletes are a lot more conscious on, they want to get out ahead of their health as well. Um, yeah. To kind of how can they utilize athletic trainers to keep them on the field versus before it was, well, now I'm hurt. Now I go see Aaron. So now it's, how do I go see Aaron before I get hurt? And I think a lot of that has been just, I think students are now used to having athletic trainers as well. You know, back yeah. when I was starting college, you know, maybe if you were at a big high school, you had an athletic trainer when you were in high school. A lot of times when, uh, back then, I, I might have been their first interaction with an athletic trainer. So it might have taken them until their sophomore year to realize what I actually did for them or what I was there for. Why Why, why was the guy just standing on the sideline? You know? That's so true. But Who is this me, guy that's, that's everywhere I go? <laughs> why does he keep asking me if something's wrong? <laughs> Leave me alone, <laughs> creepy guy. Jeez. Yeah, so I mean, I think to me, it's just, I think us as a profession has grown and become so much more of a, better healthcare professional. And then as we be, have become better healthcare professionals, the demands for us have, has increased exponentially. And then as they increase exponentially, the demand goes up and obviously the amount of us, you know, hasn't necessarily overly changed in some places and that can be kind of the struggle. But I just think the the overall usage of us in our in our in the traditional setting has has gone up a whole lot since since I started practicing. It's like an NBA I think, scouting report. Usage rates are really high on <laughs> athletic trainers right now. <laughs> you know, I think you actually explained something that people know, but you you said it in a way that was that was different. Athletes at a younger age are utilizing athletic trainers more than they used to to prevent injury, and our athletes are getting more active in that process, right? That actually struck something with me because I I always, in my former setting of professional sports, there still was that old school mentality of like, you don't go in that room until you're hurt. But, well, you're not allowing me to do my job if you keep telling all these athletes that they can't go in this room until they're hurt. My full job, I should say. I think, and now in my setting, current setting, I orthopedic clinic. Um, I have a lot of young athletes that come in just because they want to take care of themselves. And that age, every year that I've been doing this has been getting younger and younger and younger. I wonder if as an athletic training group, you know, all of us across the entire country, all 14 million of us listening right now. Um, <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> you know, the, that leverage it, in professional sports, you leverage the athletes so that the front office buys you stuff. Well, this is what the this is what the players want, and so therefore, we're going to get it right. Um, as athletic trainers, I think there needs to be more talk about our athletes are becoming more educated on how to take care of themselves. We are their first resource for that. So if we're if we are going to succeed in this profession we need more athletic trainers we need athletic trainers one to be more intelligent about what they're doing but then also there needs to be more availability of athletic trainers to the athletes so it's a, i don't know i i wanted to go on a rant because you said it in a way that it's like people see it but you actually you put it in words really really nicely that i think more people need to talk about that it's not that at like hey keep come on use us use us no our athletes are using us, so therefore we need more of us. I kind of want to. I want to. I want to piggyback off what Kevin just said and ask a question here, a multi-part question. Um, so, you said you have five full-time and a, a part-time, and and you're looking to get to six full-time. And so, in your mind, what would be the the perfect number? how many staff would you ideally like to have? Like what would be suffice or, you know, what would the, in a perfect world, I would feel super comfortable if we had X amount of people. Uh, for me, I, I think in a perfect world, we've, I would like to have nine full-time athletic trainers. If we could get to eight, like as, as you know, Chad, that's kind of my, my dream scenario. Full-time you're saying? Full-time. Yeah. Which would be, um, 
a 25% growth to get to eight and only, yes. uh, and basically a 50% growth to get right. to nine math. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's tough, you know. But I think if we can get to nine, we can align ourselves to give. You know, we have some bigger sports like swimming and track and fields that just, you know, they could then have their own, you know, dedicated athletic trainer or at least one full time to their team, maybe with another full time kind of assisting and those kind of things. I think that's kind of where, you know, I think the mid major struggle is is we have some of our bigger sports that maybe aren't necessarily our higher injury rate sports or at least i should say maybe catastrophic injury rate sports um those are the ones that can kind of suffer because they get you know maybe labeled a secondary sport with an athletic trainer or something along those lines to where um they're not getting that full time one-on-one with you know their primary athletic trainer and that's even hard to say because you know a field like or a team like track and field probably deserve two athletic trainers because it's a team of you know 90 to 110 athletes, you know, so, you know, maybe in an ideal world that number could go up to 10 or 11 athletic trainers. I'd love to have. And and is that the same sentiment you hear in like league meetings and stuff from other schools uh, about the same as your, you know, same sizes as UWM or. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say so. You know, I think there's a lot of the schools that are, you know, obviously, you know, graduate assistants are getting phased out. And since I've been, at UWM, we haven't had any, haven't had what would be labeled a graduate assistant. You know, we had, you know, our part-time athletic trainers that we pay hourly, you know, and I do, you know, like we've always kind of treated them as part-time. So we don't want to, I don't, I don't like you know, labeling somebody an intern and then making them work, you know, 40, 45 hours a week. You know, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. not to them. And so I think, you know, we pay our part-time hourly. Um, and I think that's where a lot of these mid-major schools were. We're they were getting a lot of their workforce from that graduate assistant intern route. And now that those are kind of going away, I think that's where a lot of schools are struggling because that was maybe half of their staff was was graduate assistants. And those are gone, you know, going away. People aren't going to get them anymore. And I think so it's making it's really kind of forced hand of administrations, you know, it's maybe taking a little bit of time, but now it's really putting them into a decision-making mode of, are we just going to not have athletic training at our, you know, institution, or are we going to kind of buck up and, and, you know, su- supply those positions that are, that are needed. So it's kind of forcing the hand of some, of some places for sure. And I think I've said this before, it's almost like a, a, a game of chicken here. What's going to break first. Is it going to be the administration who's going to give in uh, and figure out a way to, to hire more or pay more, or is it going to be, everyone leaves the profession and we just get blown up, you know, like there's going to be just vacancies yeah. everywhere. You know, I, it, that's my biggest fear is like, what's going to happen first. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, and it's a perfect way to put it because it's precisely what it is. You know, it's, we all know the number one issue that's causing the workforce dilemmas in, you know, maybe you could say works off more than anywhere in the collegiate setting is, is pay. Is it, it's pay is it, and it's, so let's 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 stop there for just a second. So yeah. you've been there uh, five years, four years, five years. Uh, it'll be. Let's see. I started in 2019, so it'll be four yeah. summer. Yeah. So the turnover, like what, uh, like what kind of, how many positions are you turning over? How often are you hiring? Like, uh, let's start there. How bad or yeah. not bad, but what's the turnover ratio like? And people listening, maybe you know they can compare it to their situations, their schools. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when we had our two part-time positions, you know, those were kind of our, our highest turnover rate positions because they should have been, they were entry level, you know, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of a bridge gap that from somebody who came out of a athletic training program, they were a young professional and they were trying to kind of maybe gain some collegiate experience. And so we knew those two positions were going to turn over on, probably a yearly basis. And, you know, we got very lucky where we had some athletic trainers that really enjoyed working at UWM that enjoyed, you know, the sports they were working with and they stuck around for they enjoyed second, working with me, you know, enjoyed working with Chad, those part-time people. So, you know, but, but to go to that point, Chad, like, I think, you know, work environment is such an important part of retention as well. I think, you know, people 
want to enjoy where they go to work. You know, this is going to go off on a little bit of a tangent, kind of go back and answer your question. But yeah, um, you know, I think we got lucky with some of the people we hired that they enjoyed working in our like, you know, staff environment and like the, the athletic department of UWM that we got a couple people to stick around for those two years as a part-time that, you know, probably were, were overqualified and for sure underpaid at that point, you know? Um, so those, those part-time positions would turn over pretty much on a yearly basis. And then I would say. That was salary driven. Yeah, I would say so, you know, and they just want to get, go to get a full-time position like everybody does when they're out of college and they deserve to, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I would say, you know, I'd say my four years here, you know, I would say we would average probably turnover of one full-time staff as well each year. And so that's kind of what drove us to get to that six. So I mean, we're essentially dropping a body off. We're kind of combining our two part-time positions into one full-time position. So, but that's kind of the goal of that is we can hopefully gain some more stability because obviously we can hopefully retain a full-time position more than we can retain these part-time positions. So, I mean, to me, a big thing is that consistency of care we're trying to provide the athletes. And so the less turnover, the better for sure. So aside from salary, what are the other factors that you are seeing in, in losing people in the profession? You know, in the traditional setting, I think, I think burnout's huge. You know, I think. Um, is that the hours? Total number of hours? Me, is it the, the lack of flexibility and schedule? Is like a coach gets to decide when and where you're going to be at all hours of the day kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. To me, it's, it's not always the amount of hours you're working. Sometimes if you can be set on a schedule, you know, you can get a little bit more used to. I mean, Chad, you know my philosophy. I think. I'm big into work-life balance. I think it's very important to utilize the staff you have on campus. I, I, there's nothing I hate more than when you walk into, or I don't want to say this, but like, I don't want to sound bad, but like, I wanted to see like all six of us sitting around in the morning, kind of twiddling our thumbs, you know, saying, you know, there's one issue I kind of, you know, I know athletic trainers, we always say we're like the hardest workers in the group. And I, and we, we are, we work our butts off, but I also think sometimes we're, we're the dumbest workers in the group as well. <laughs> yeah. For we sticking just, it around. Amen. Yeah. Yes. We, we, we just, we allow everybody else to control us and don't take any control of our, our situation ourselves. And we don't utilize our resources. So you know, UWM, we have, we have six people. So let's utilize six people. If we, like we don't need everybody there in the morning. If you don't practice until three o'clock in the afternoon, then don't come in until 11 or 11.30. There's no need for you to be there early. And if your team is lifting in the morning, then guess what? We still have two or three athletic trainers that are there that can that can help your team, sure. you know? So I think so many collegiate athletic trainers think like, this is my team, so I need to be there. And for the athletes there, you know, 24 seven, whatever my athletes need, this and that. and I think that can lead to a lot of burnout because if if I'm not there, that's what my athletes are still going to survive. I have qualified people on staff that are going to take just as good a care of them as I am. So um, I think there's there's those things where you got to utilize your resources in your department to to kind of try to limit hours. You know, try to limit to a six seven hour day. You know, as much as you can sometimes because we know we're going to be working weekends. We know we might not have a day off. So during the week and we're just trying to cover some practices, things like that. Like you, you got to find ways to limit hours and, and it's there, they're there. It's just a lot of people I think are too stubborn to use them. Love that. Yeah. But- and I think another thing too, this is kind of, you know, what I still struggle with, with a lot of things that I think burnout, maybe I think probably hits some mid major schools a lot more than, than some are, you know, you still see a lot of jobs posted that, you know, athletic trainers are still working like two travel sports, you know, and I think that's, that's tough. You know, when I started my, my first job was women's soccer in the fall, baseball in the spring. And, you know, I, that's just how it was back then. And I just, you know, I, I rolled with it, but I mean, I look back on that and I, I couldn't even imagine, I can't imagine working baseball, you know, <laughs> let, alone with all that travel, let alone two, you know? And so it's, it's, I think that's also part of where we need to kind of try to do as a profession get it out of the way. Not saying you can only work one sport, even at UWM, we have like our primary travel sport. And then a lot of our athletic trainers have like a secondary sport that we don't necessarily travel with, year, you know, week in and week out. And so 
you know, I think it's just that can lead to a lot of burnout as well. When people are just, you're on the road, you're constantly in full season, you know, eight months out of the year, you just yeah. never get your breath. That's a good point. Good for good for you for setting that up. I mean, I think, um, I mean, well, the guy next to me did it for how many years? That same, like that soccer schedule in the fall and then the baseball schedule in the spring. And that's a, that's a lot. That's you're in full season all the time. And so I think athletic trainers out there, I mean, think about that. Maybe there, maybe there's, you can still cover two sports, but maybe only one of them is a in season sport that's traveling. And I don't know. There, there are options out there to keep athletic trainers in the profession, I think. And I, I, I mean, kudos to you, Aaron, for trying to actually think about that and, work with your staff to keep less turnover going and um, I think keep great professionals in the profession. So we're, I, I think we can maybe wrap it up here in just a couple of minutes, but I do have one more question for you. Five years from now, where do you see the profession and what has to change in it or where does the change come from uh, to keep the traditional setting sane from falling apart, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Like, I mean, it just it, everything you see. Uh, and now I should say, I should say on social media, um, take it with a grain of salt. That's not, that's not hard facts there. But a lot of the rhetoric is it's getting harder and harder to stay in the traditional setting. So five years from now, ten years from now, where do you see it? And if it's going to rebound and maybe have some success, uh, where does that change come from? Oh, that's a a hard question. Um, You know, I think there's going to be some struggles here in the near future. And I don't, you know, I think the hard part is I think a lot of administrators, you know, all you hear when you go talk to an administrator in a collegiate setting is there's an athletic trainer shortage, there's an athletic trainer shortage, you know, all this kind of that. And that's kind of where they point to the hiring struggles. But, you know, I think us in the profession know there's not, there's not a shortage but the athletic training profession is blown up because now there's more options. You know, they can go to the private setting. They can go to, you know, the military setting. They can go to, you know, work in an industrial setting. So there's, there's not less of us out there. There's more options for the, the for the people that are out there. And it's so just, the, it's less appealing to say in the traditional yes, setting. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, you know, I think sometimes that shine of working a college, sport isn't there as much as it was maybe maybe 10 15 years ago you know i think a lot of the athletic trainers that are getting into the into schooling are looking at that position extender role they're looking at the industrial role they're looking at the military role um so we're going to have to adapt you know that i mean that adaptations one it's going to have to be monetary you know we have to catch up i would say the traditional setting is behind 100 for sure um and that's a that's a piece of it, but then it also has to be that work life balance piece. There's certain things in the collegiate setting you can't take away. You can't take away working nights because sometimes you have events. You can't take away working weekends because you have to cover games. Um, but we can limit how many of those weekends a year we're getting hit. How many of those nights a year we're getting hit? You know, that's kind of goes back to the point about. You know, I think we're going to have to get down close to maybe not a full on one athletic trainer per sport, which is what it should be. Um, now, can we get down to there? That's going to take a heck of a lot longer in five years, but <laughs> that's kind of the road it needs to go down. And I think coaches are going to be the big drivers behind this. That's why I think it's important to be an advocate for your staff as an athletic trainer on, on your campuses, because we all know administrations listen to coaches more than they're going to listen to an athletic trainer that's when they hear say we need more people we need more people they hear that from every department in the athletic department they hear that from the strength coaches do they they hear that from every sport program they all need more assistant coaches so but if you have a coach advocating for your athletic trainer and your administrator's office that's where headway is made so it's continuing to be good athletic trainers that's a huge part of it because if coaches know how much of a value we bring to their team they go into the administration office. They talk about how I need Aaron around more. I need Chad around more. I need Kevin around more. Well, if you want us around more, there has to be either more of us or we have to limit other duties, those kind of things. And so 
um, cloning. I think, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a long-winded answer jet, to say, jet, you know, jet GBT or whatever can now be an athletic trainer. <laughs> yeah. Version seven point is the athletic trainer Chat GPT. What's yeah. the opposite of artificial <laughs> intelligence? Because <laughs> if you start cloning me, athletic training is the opposite uh, of artificial intelligence. <laughs> so no, it'll be it'll be tough. I mean, it's going to be a, a hard couple of years, you know, and but it's going to have to be a step to survive and advance, you know, essentially. It's like a tournament. So, so find ways to do it, and it's going to be a challenge, but. There's some avenues out there, but we got to keep kind of doing it, what we're doing as a profession to to keep pushing forward. You know, it'd be interesting is to talk to some athletic trainers from, I don't know, 60s, 70s. You know, life itself is pretty cyclical, right? Like a lot of things come back, right? Whether it's fashion, government stuff, what it, it doesn't matter. You know, maybe athletic training is no different. You know, what were the fights that were going on to get athletic training? Um, approved as a, as a as a profession and maybe some things that we can learn from that and you know the the fights that were going on to say hey like I, I'm more than just folding towels and you know having some water and rubbing something on your shoulder like I we can do more as a profession we're clearly in that phase now we're in a we're in a world that wants things to happen fast but maybe over the next five years we can employ some of these old tactics even to get athletic trainers more, I guess, compensation, more, more jobs out there, make, make the jobs more appealing. Right. I think there are a lot of things that we can learn from that too. I just don't know if maybe athletic training is in its first cycle. Who knows? I, I mean, have like the growth, on something. the growth in the professional has been tremendous, but now it's like, the demand is growing faster than yeah the services we can supply i think it's interesting we yeah. we all you know we all got certified at a at a very similar yeah. time in athletic training same we were all, window, we yeah. were all in school around the same time and we all look back you know whether it's 15 to 17 years and it's like wow the profession has changed so much yeah and that's a i mean that is just a minor minor like time frame in yeah. sports, in education, in college settings. Um, so it's going fast now. It's going really fast. And so I, I wonder where there's where there's That's some things point. that we can em- employ to make this profession stick because there's a reason we all do it. And I, I this is usually my, my argument against the, like, well, there's too many hours and there's this and that. Like, but there's a reason you studied it because you like it. And there's there's yeah. a val there's a value in being an athletic trainer because you you actually enjoy doing things as an athletic trainer. Unfortunately, some of the other things take over as far as getting burned out um, that outweigh those things that you enjoy. But maybe we can bring that back up a little bit. Yeah. Well, Aaron, we appreciate you yeah, man. stopping by. Awesome. I think that's a really good yes. conversation to have. We could big time. I think Kevin and I could talk about that like basically every week. We could talk about <laughs> what's yeah. going on, what's going wrong, how do we fix it? So but, like true. that's what we want to do. So we appreciate your inside, your input. And like you said, twenty five to fifty percent growth in the next five years, let's make it happen and then everyone's gonna be satisfied. Yeah. It's just gonna be simple. It's just it's just basic math. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> easy enough easy enough problem solved all right inflation's gonna hit the athletic trainers too at some point let's do it <laughs> all right Aaron, we, we appreciate your time thanks for stopping we uh uh we'll talk right, soon, thank you okay? guys it was good yeah. to see you thanks aaron oh my gosh oh yeah, yeah, yeah and he is gone what a good conversation it was um you know what it's just here it's good to hear somebody else's perspective like somebody who's still in it like we have yeah, our opinions completely. about how it should be, and but he's like literally going through it, and it's like it'd be interesting, you know, the, yeah. to have him talk about his situation, and we've got all these other athletic trainers who hopefully are listening to. Uh, thanks, Megan. Yeah, I got it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see the the other people who are listening, how their situations compare. I agree. 
other schools, it's like, hey, yeah, 25% would be the right number, or 50% or whatever. I'm at a mid-major, and I've only got three ATs, and they, he's mm-hmm. got six. And, like, we share all that information, and that's hopefully how it develops. Yeah. So Well, I, and that's so true. I, I'll tell you what. Um, I've only met Aaron a couple times now. Dry needling course. Yeah. And I, I, this is the first time since then. So that was, it, yeah. God, we're talking three years. Yeah. Um, I'd want to work with Aaron. So if you're looking for a job, reach out to Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, UW Milwaukee. I mean, go Panthers. Go Panthers. Um, <laughs> it's our alma mater. I think, you know, the education side of it, no offense, you know, to anybody that's on the education side, but I think it's not quite the same, we'll say, as what we went through. Um, and as you should be, you're always biased to how you experience things. But um, I don't know. Aaron seems like somebody that I would want to work with. I, I think he's thoughtful. He understands the profession. I don't even know if he's a good athletic trainer, but I would definitely want to like have conversations with him, uh, hence why he was on the podcast. Yeah, I, I enjoyed working with you him. You want a job at a mid-major? Can't be a better spot than UW Milwaukee, and then maybe we'll we'll bring you on the podcast every once in a while. How about that? You ready to do some weekly no shenanigans? Let's do it you have no idea what's coming for you. I have no <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> yeah, I haven't shared any of the topics for the rest of the evening with Kevin, so we're gonna do a fat. <laughs> We've got a it's fat, a, a would, to me. a fat, a would you rather, and an FMK tonight. No top yeah. five. No top five. Okay. Yeah, a fat, a would you rather, and a, a FMK. Okay. When we have guests on, I don't like to plan a, a ton because we don't know how long those conversations are going to take. So, do you want to? You want to do the fat first, the would you rather, or the FMK? FMK. All right, let's do an FMK. This is actually a really good one. If this it's good because they've yeah. been so bad lately. Been, yeah, <laughs> terrible. Um, so we're going to talk uh, from the s- student's perspective. I want you to go back when you are going through your athletic training uh, education. Okay. And you're coming up on that last year, and you're like, oh, man, it's coming. Yeah, right. It's we're going to we're gonna FMK. We're going to F, marry, and kill yeah. three different BOC certification times of the year to take the test. Interesting. Okay. All right. So there are actually five. I went on the BOC website. First off, the BOC. there really five? There's five. And I'll be honest, navigating the BOC website, not the easiest thing I've ever done. Let's get it together, simplify it, make it simple, BOC. Yeah. Sorry. I I had to click like 30 different things to figure out when the tests were. Yeah, come on. So I took the first, the middle, and the the last. You could hire like a 12-year-old and make a better website than that. Let's go. All right. Uh, first, so, middle, so the first one in, in the calendar year is January. The middle, the middle BOC exam is uh, end of May, beginning of June. Okay. And then the last one in the calendar year is October. So there's some the strategy. Last one is October. October. So there's nothing November, nothing December, holiday season. Yeah. There's yeah. one coming up in January. Yeah. All right. You said January. End of May. Yeah, we're May, gonna, June. We're just going to go May. All right. January, May, October. Okay. Yeah, January, May, October. You have January, to F1, May. marry one, kill one. All right. I'm, okay, so for my BLC, I'm going back to being a student. Oh, me and Lisa would meet weekly. We'd invite anybody else to come with us, but we would meet weekly and we would like just talk about things. So you're you're processing this through the preparation, like you're thinking about what's the best, when's the best to prepare. Is that how you're kind of deciphering this? Kind of. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. So, and I took it in January because it was like the first time I could take took it take it. Um, We met weekly. We would end up just shooting the shit more than actually studying. Like I, I ended up like not studying very much for the BOC. My score definitely resulted in me not studying. <laughs> I still passed. Um, that being said, for myself, even as a student, I was definitely a better 
like crammer than I was a. That's what she said. Yeah. Um. Like if I if I drew it out too long, so I'm gonna kill October. That's what Megan said. From the standpoint of, I don't want to be thinking about that the whole summer. Um, mm. When I was in my, so when I was in my internship, if I would have had to take my BOC exam at the end of my internship, I would not have done very well. I was so engulfed in learning what it was like to be an athletic trainer than it was to memorize what was in a textbook kind of idea, right? Sure. I was I was experiencing it. Um, I had really long days. I was working all the time. So to do that at the end of my internship would have been really tough. I want to say that I would have been really motivated to become a certified at the end, but I, I'm going to kill that. I'm going to kill October. And this is just straight up my experience. I'm going to marry... January, because you got you got nothing else to do in January, in Wisconsin. <laughs> you can't go outside. <laughs> you might as well study some stuff. Um, no, the real reason I was thinking about January is I personally I still had a couple classes I had to take after my internship, which were in the fall, and that's why I took it in January is so that I could have like the winter break to kind of prepare for the test, um, just get whatever, mentally prepared, drink every night, things like that. Um, so that means I'm going to, I'm going to F with the, with the May. I don't know. Everybody's a little more randy during the, during the springtime. (laughs) There's, there's prosperity in the air. Things, things feel a little better. Things are a little warmer. So I'm going to, I'm going to F with the May, you know, April showers bring May flowers, by the way. I, I think I have to kind of agree with you on this one. Um, January, taking the BOC in January makes the most sense to me because you just finish up your your fall season or your fall semester, usually, you know, second week of December. So yeah. now you've got the second half of December. You just learned all this material. You can kind of digest it a little bit and yeah. kind of review um, that's why I think I'll F with May. Mm. Um, you're just finishing another semester. Yeah. Um, so hopefully whatever you learned that semester is still, you, you don't have quite as much preparation time. You're just going to it. It's a quickie. Mm. It's a quickie. And you might, you might slide, like you might get certified and slide right into that job. Well, and yeah, because yeah, that's perfect. Cause now mm. if you, if you pass in May and you find out in June, you see Shit. that opening. I'll start in July. Mm-hmm. Or you're getting hired contingent on. Yeah. Uh, it's it's its own application. Ooh, hey. And you have to kill taking it in October. Oh. Because one, August is notoriously the hardest month for athletic trainers. Yeah, that's true. In the clinical setting. So now you want to try and study in August, September while you're going through your hardest clinical rotations. I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, you pass you, in October. You know what? You're gonna get the scraps of the scraps in the jobs. Yeah, the leftovers. You're like, is there anything still available? All right, or you're waiting until the next year. Yeah, I couldn't imagine doing like two a days and then trying to go home to like try and study. Yeah, that would suck. When did you take your exam? I don't remember. Um, when did you get certified? What does your card say? You know, I got a card. <laughs> I'll pull it up. There's a card somewhere. I took uh, a picture. Yeah, of let me just go point. to my BOC website. Yeah. BOCATC.org. Go ahead. So you did, you did the brew or I'm sorry, the Bucks internship. Yep. So what was that? Considered? Maybe I took it in January too. What was the buck? Was the Bucks a fall internship? Was it a winter? I started internship? in, it was a October, all, November. Yeah, no, it was from, I think it was September to May. Yeah. I it's, mean, it was well, a long internship. It's going to be May. But were you in classes while you were in your internship? Or were you only in your internship? I had like one class. I had the capstone class. 
Yeah. Um, I might have had one other class, like one class I, uh, like an anatomy class. Um, an anatomy class? Not anatomy, I but like um, an anatomy class. Oh, let's see if that works. Applied sciences. Yeah, that's what it, what it might have been. <laughs> Mine was weird because it was a summer internship. And so it started in the spring. It yeah. was heavy in the summer and then yeah. it went into the fall. So, I mean, that it completely changed how, when I graduated, when, I don't know, like everything. Can we get this? Are you like, Zoom? Why won't the Zoom? What is wrong with the BOC? Freaking BOC website. Certified status, certified 1231. Oh, that's just like the yearly. Just recently. Have you been certified since? Is there something that says my card? Or like, can you click on like your profile? My BOC card. There Here we go. go. Let's check that Let's out. see what happens. When, when did Chad at, get when did certified? When did Chad get certified? Everyone guess in their car. Oh. Hot garbage. Oh, 726. <laughs> I took it. I must have taken it in the June. Got certified 726, 2007. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you probably took it in. June. I think I drove to Green Bay to do it. Or really? Oshkosh or something like that. I drove to Madison. Yeah. The only thing that I was going to say. So I took it in June. What a, well, no, that's fine. Because then I got, hi- and I literally got hired contingent on me passing that. And so like it, it does yeah. make some sense. It does make sense. And you're just finishing up another academic school year. So hopefully that information is fresh. So I don't know. The I mean, only thing I was going to like give a negative response to January is I one hundred percent drove through a snowstorm. To, <laughs> well, but that's to just go us take, the I know Midwest, but it's it's still a factor yeah. for half the for country, you, yeah, yeah. right? Um, in January, like the worst, like two times it's happened to me in my life: certification exam, driver's license exam. Oh, tough! Both times, snowstorms. Oh, Jesus! Love it. I'm a true Wisconsin. Um, anybody else? Anybody? You got anything? We anything? Got, anything? No, <laughs> not on that. I mean, we could. I like that one though. Yeah, I didn't know there was five different times of the year you could take a test. According to this, maybe maybe that's changed since us. I don't know. I don't know. Um, how about this? You want to do our fat, or you want to do a would you rather? Fat, because I know nothing about this show. All right, so we put it up. The Last of Us. Which finished about a month ago, but we were doing the fat bracket, so we weren't going to do a new one. And now we can talk about it without, you know, you've had enough time. If you were going to watch the show, you've probably watched it and caught up. So sorry if there's spoilers. Uh, the Last of Us has got two main characters. It's an older gentleman uh, by the name of Joel. He's kind of like a survivalist, uh, kind of in that, um, like he would have made a good character on Lost. Okay. Like, uh, kind of thing. All right. Survivalist. And, and his job is to take this 15-year-old kid, I believe she's 15, uh, across the country because she could be the cure for this infection mm. that's going around the country. Right to left or left to right? Uh, right to left. All right. From we're Boston. Going, we're going west. Boston to, I think it's like Montana, Wyoming. Montana. Yeah, Montana. Um, she's kind of like the bratty young kid, but slick tongue. Um, okay. We put it up on like her already. Yeah. She's, uh, she's plucky as some people have called her. She's plucky that I I got that from another podcast. (laughs) They talk about pluck all the time. So she's very plucky, but you see her develop and grow. Uh, and you see this guy kind of teaching her, like teaching her how to survive, teaching her how to shoot a gun, how to, do certain sure. things. Um, you know, he gets hurt. She's got to stitch him up. So mm. she learned that skill. Um, it's very interesting. So we put it up on, on social media a while ago. This show had a duct tape, ankle tape job, right? Yeah, they, they taped up their... Who did that tape job? Uh, it was... Somebody else? It was a third character. Oh, okay. I think right. it was Tess. Right. Uh, so ask me some questions... Let's go, you know, kind of. Okay. Who do you think would handle the schedule better? Let's get, let's get, let's get to some of that. The burnout questions. Who would handle 
the long hours, always saying yes. They both did pretty good, but okay, I think Joel fine. would try and take the lead on it. All right. Like he was All the right. one that was always going to take the, the night shift because you can't both fall asleep in the middle of the night in case. Okay. It's not always about the infected. It's sometimes about the raiders, the looters, the whatever. Yeah, um, so yeah. they would have to sleep in shifts. And he would always volunteer to take the hardest shifts. Okay. Now, every once in a while, he fell asleep and they got caught oh, once. Rut rope. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. But Un- I think he would he would volunteer that. Okay. Then under pressure, mm-hmm. right? Who, who's Who's got the, the nerves? Who's got the nerves of steel? Joel does. They okay. Again, they both kind of do, but... Um, We're talking about an adult versus man. a 15-year-old, right? Yeah, he's just more seasoned. Now his reactions are a little slower. He's getting mm-hmm. a little hard of hearing. He's a little broken down. Who do you think connects with other people the most? Oh, for sure it's Ellie. Okay. Uh, Joel pushes people away. All right. He like doesn't want to connect with anyone, and that's what makes the show kind of special. Is he kind of let Ellie into his mm. like life? He, she started as he would call her Cargo, and then he mm. she became his like. Did she have Cargo? His pants on? second daughter, yeah, Cargo, like uh, Hannah Chun. Mm. We miss her. We miss the Cargo mm. pants. Cargo, where where are you, Cargos? Um, you know our good friend Dave Yeager. Who is just here. Just here. We're going to get him on. We're going to get him on once. We're going to need to buy another microphone. He said he he did not put, okay, so he's a Star Wars kind of nut. I mean, he he likes some Star Wars. Yeah. He did not put Obi-Wan in the final four of the fat bracket. It's so stupid. Because of the Obi-Wan series, he did not do very well with other people or something. Obi Wan didn't do well. Yeah, with he he became a little bitch or something. I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing. Well, but he went and hid, and yeah, he was just he, he couldn't connect with the people, yeah. and so he thought, well, no, Obi Wan would not be a very good athletic trainer because so he, he doesn't connect with the people. So I wanted to ask, of the Lost of Us, who would connect with more people? Ellie, Ellie, she is, right. yeah. She, now, a, she'll piss more people off, but she will try to connect. Oh. She's all about, like, the puns, and she's got a joke book, oh. and she's trying to, like, yeah. That was my next question. Who was the funnier one? She was, for oh, sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so I'm like Nelly. Um, all right. I can Ooh. tell you what the, the, the Twitter vote yeah, was. What was the Twitter vote? It was 51 to 49%. Uh-oh. 51 for, uh, for Ellie. Ooh, 49% nice. for Joel. Nice. Um, Moving on in the fat bracket. <laughs> I think they'll both probably make the fat bracket. Pretty two pretty big characters. Okay. Um, yeah. Man, okay. I'll tell you what though. I'm I'm. Would well, you have more questions? I think you're doing a great job of bringing this out of me. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to ask like, not well, who would tape best? Joel. Uh, uh, Joel would. Okay. Yeah. Although Ellie did do the stitches on him. Who's the planner? Joel. Okay. Who is, uh, who's more de- dependable? Um, Somebody always late. That's a good question. They both were. I mean, they, it, it was they. They're kind of stuck to themselves. Yeah, they they yeah. because they had to travel together. It's not like you go off on your own and come. Well, I guess a couple times. Who's more dependable? Um. Who's better about not eating? I'm assuming there's a lot of not eating. Is somebody like cranky because they're hungry? Uh, Joel was better with lack of food. Ellie was tossing sandwiches around. All right. Um, Ellie had more rage. She just had more energy. Joel was more like laid back. <laughs> Joel was like the old... Cranky AT and Ellie was like the the new young like they both. I mean, it's almost stereotypical. Sure. All right. So you're saying athletic training has some stereotypes in it. Divide. Yeah. Interesting. Um, who was more like resourceful? Like who who could make something out of nothing? Who could MacGyver it more? Correct. Trying to think of this show. Um, 
Ellie was used to get into the tight spaces, kind of crawl through things. Um, I think Joel did a better job of using the resources a little bit. So I'm seeing why 49% of people voted for Joe. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's 50, 50. Joel. 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 Yeah. It was really a good, pretty good show. But I mean, Ellie being 15, 15, funny, personable, you know, energy with humans, energy, man. And she was a, she was a spitfire. She would, she like would fight back. Maybe that's what the profession needs. I'm going to go with Ellie. You've convinced uh, me. I'm going to go with Joel because he because he taught her everything. Well, you're he taught old. her. Yeah, you're, you're I'm old, old crotchety. <laughs> I'm old crotchety. I mean, she learned from him. So, I mean, the, you want you want to take the teacher or the the student? You know, it, they're both good. Well, that's fair. So, that's fair. What else right. we got? Uh, we we're gonna do a a really quick would you rather, and then we're gonna call it a show. Oh, dang! Because right. uh, we'll save our top fives for next week and stuff. Um, cool. Unless you want to pick a name and. Do an Arbar giveaway. Arr, so, um, would you rather, Kevin? Would you rather? Would you rather have mm-hmm. the perfect weather day, but be really busy with a lot of injuries, oh. or have a crappy weather day and not have any injury? Be like pretty slow, like not have much to do. And I have to be at work. Yeah, on that slow day. Yeah. Mm. So nice weather, but you're running around, hucking around because everyone's going down or oh, crappy weather, man. but you're like, I don't got much to do. So I'm just, man. And I'm thinking, speci- I guess, so more like, a, like right a, a game situation. I'm thinking, in my head, I was thinking of a game situation. It could in be a, a practice. It could be a practice, I guess. Practice. People get hurt, hurt at practice. They do often. Um, Man, I'm so biased right now just from the standpoint of like we are just approaching non winter season in Wisconsin right now. Or at least in, in today in was Milwaukee. today was like legitimately Today was the first like nice day out. We just locked up and, the number one seed. Hell yeah, we did. Sorry about it, Bulls. Who's there? Who? Sorry, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. Aaron's significant Jeez. other. Sorry about it. Here we here we go. Bucks, Bucks over Bulls again. Um, Bulls suck this year, don't they? Are they? They're not even in the playoffs, are they? They can't be. Um, they're going to be in the playing tournament, I believe. Are they really? Jesus Christ! Yeah, they could be the seven. They actually could be their first round opponent again. No way. It'd be great. God, average score of forty five more points for the Bucks. Anyway, um. I'm just really trying to give Aaron and her significant other a little hard time. Go Cavs. Kyle, come on. Um, the four seed. We'll see you in the second round. Yeah. The, good luck. <laughs> the what's the what's the guy? Who's the who's the who's their main scorer? Um uh, Donovan Mitchell Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, man, he was a great fantasy player. Um We got two uh live streamers who said the exact opposite. That's what makes a good would you rather. So, I'm biased in the f- to the fact that I would love a really nice weather day, even though I'm busy, because we've had so many crappy weather days in a row here. Um, all right, I'm gonna take the weather over busy. I gotta work. It's a no matter what I'm working. If it's crappy out and I have to be outside. Like during a game, and it's slow. So and it's times slow. times time, going slower. Time is going slower. But conversely, <laughs> if you are busy while the weather is nice, it times going faster. So you're not enjoying it as much. I would think. Yeah, but at least like, at least there's an end to my work day, and hopefully I can experience some of this nice weather. In crappy weather, there is nothing worse than standing outside, whether it's cold, rainy, sleet, snow, doesn't matter. As an athletic trainer, if it's slow and you have to be outside, you're miserable. At least when it's nice out and it's busy, I'm I'm a little ah, I'm working. I'm doing it. I'm I'm taking busy with the good weather. 
I'd also take just busy no matter what, probably. Uh, um, that's what busy busy with bad weather or slow with good weather. Mm. No, that doesn't make sense. Megan said uh, she'd rather be doing her job than doing nothing in in Garbo weather. And mm. Nisi said the opposite. I'm taking the crappy weather because I'd rather the players not get hurt and not need me. Yeah. Kyle said, busy. "Don't think about other people, Nisi." <laughs> <laughs> we're all stop being thinking. benevolent. <laughs> Come on, we're only thinking about us. Selfishness. Uh, <laughs> Kyle said, "Busy with good weather because being slow in shitty weather sucks. Wet feet suck. Wet ass sucks. Being cold oh, sucks." Wet feet. Wet feet, Chad. I know he's probably swayed me there. There is nothing. Well, you got to get some good footwear. Ah, uh, would you rather? I think I will take. I'll take the good weather too. Everybody's happier in good weather, even if injured people are happier. In and good that, weather. for us, that's like not freezing our ass off. But down south, it's it's not so hot. Yeah, you can actually. It's like a nice fall day. You're not stuck to yourself. Mm-hmm. Your shirt's not stuck to you. Yeah, you're not. You don't got swamp ass. You know, kind oh, of thing. Man, swass. Um, when it finally isn't ninety degrees outside, the, the a good weather day 100. does make. <laughs> Make the job really fun. It does. Really fun. It really does. It The weather is almost the number one, like, make or break for me. Mm. Weather. Oh, the weather outside is the last time weather. We, the last time we talked about weather, Dave got mad at me. Why? Because it was when his whole trip in the off season got canceled because of weather. Mm. He was trying to go on like a cruise, like a Disney, the Disney cruise. And it was like during when the South was getting like snow and cold weather and all, sure. all this crazy stuff. Um, so he called me as soon as he heard the episode, he was like, I just need to, I wanted to call you to tell you to F you <laughs> about like saying, Hey guys, weather's weather, you know, whatever. His entire vacation was ruined because of weather. Yeah, that sucks. Love you, buddy. We're going to get him on here soon. I hope so. He's too smart for us, though. Legitimately. Well, well, I, don't even know what to, I don't even know what to ask him anymore. Anyway. Do you um? Do you want... Should we raffle off some R-Bar? Sure. What do you want? How do you want to do this? Um. Uh, if you're on the live stream, what? how many do we have? Uh, four. No, how many? No, how many? Pick a number between one and members. Yeah, you have the well, list, right? Thirty. Thirty. Well, let's just wait to see. So, if you are on the live stream, I'll give you a random selection of numbers. You're gonna have to pick in between them. How about that? This is good podcasting. Good podcasting. Subscriptions. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, give me a number between one and three. I'm just kidding. Um, 10 and 19. You said 10 and 19? Yeah. A number from 10 to 19. All right. The first person in the live stream to, to, to type in a number between 10 and 19. Yes, Megan, if you are a member of our show... We are going to give away free R bars. 13. Oh, we got an answer already? Mm-hmm. All right. Popped up over there. So, number, no, oh, yeah, 13. 13 is the winner, and that is who? <laughs> oh. Can't tell who's your mama. Kento ain't pay his rent. Pay his rent. Just got free CEUs from Human Kinetics. Now he's getting free R bars. Sorry, Kyle, you're too late. Yeah. But you know what? You have another chance to win in a month. What's that? Never mind. I lied. So. I was going to look whether or not 18 was actually Kyle. (laughs) Yeah. So kudos to Kento uh, for winning free R-Bars. Thanks to R-Bar for sponsoring the show. Uh, You can check them out at R bar energy uh again thanks to human kinetics we're going to give away one more 
continuing education course, uh, 20% off yeah. anything using the code CANDIDCEU. Thanks to Smart Tools, 10% off using the code CANDID10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athletic Trainer Insurance Plus, uh, if you will become a member of our podcast, you will get the lowest professional liability rate. We guarantee. I shouldn't say we guarantee. It. You should. You should message us. <laughs> we won't guarantee anything, but we think we have a pretty competitive rate in terms of getting new professional liability insurance to protect yourself. And of course, the official sponsor of Canada Athletic Training Healthy Roster. I love you guys. Uh, check them out at Uh Fun show tonight. Thanks to Aaron. He's a horse uh, coming on the show talking about the traditional setting. Uh, thanks to the live streamers. Thanks to the members. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate Kevin. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.